Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up-to-date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business and Twitch of the Death Nerve and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash cinepunks that is c-i-n-e-p-u-n-x you can also check out our great sponsors like essex coffee roasters at essexcoffeeroasters.com they offer specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience essex is committed to accessible quality coffees offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers essex coffee roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee and right now, if you use code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. And um, we would like to remind you that Chris Reject is not straight edge, nor has he ever been. Nope. Neither are we. <laughs> Although I'm involuntarily straight edge at this time. <laughs> All right, now time for the setup and our getting to know you question. Nick, have you ever dabbled in things that could get you possessed? Have you played with a Ouija board, had a seance, read aloud from a book written in blood bound in human flesh? <laughs> you know, I was trying to figure out if we've if I've ever done this. I think the closest I got was... A group of folks were hanging out and we were talking about like this very thing and we were just like okay like a seance requires like too much stuff um obviously <laughs> we don't have uh the necronomicon um the fabled book um written in blood by the mad arab al harazad um but uh nor did we have a ouija board but we did try automatic writing Ooh. um nothing came of it um it was just like a bunch of us just <laughs> I think a bunch of people just started trying to see, like, it devolved into everybody trying to see what it looked like when you just wrote with your left hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was it. Like, surprisingly, um, having been to, like, weird places, and I've definitely, I was recommending a book to someone just the other day that is a book about books bound in human flesh. Um, um That is, uh, I wish I could remember the name of it. But, um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, that's the closest I've ever come. Like, surprisingly, like, I mean, I, I know people who, like, have made Ouija boards, like, custom-made, like, wood-burning kits and everything, like, making their own planchette wow. and stuff to sell, and they're gorgeous and amazing. But, yeah, I've never actually used one. What about you? I have not had a seance nor written, you know, read anything written in blood or bound in human flesh, thank goodness. Um, I have played with the Ouija board because I was a middle school girl once. <laughs> and we did have slumber parties and somebody had one um, since then. And, you know, since I've seen a lot of movies and due to a story that my mom tells about how that she had a Ouija board when she was young and they kept trying to throw it away and it kept coming back. I am terrified of Ouija boards and I largely won't have them in my house with one exception that I'm actually thinking I need to get rid of because I've never opened it, which is that on clearance at Target one day, I saw a Stranger Things Ouija board and I was like, "Ooh, have to have it. And then I brought it home and I was like, what are you doing? You don't allow Ouija boards in the house. You don't dabble. So it's still packaged. It's never been open. I'm probably going to try to 
sell it or something. I don't know. I'll try to get rid of it, see if it comes back. You know. <laughs> um, I mean, I do. I have used a um a pendulum, you know, to try to have the ghosts, the spirits answer questions. I've not been possessed by that yet. Knock on wood. And I I do dabble in tarot. I don't know if you can be possessed by tarot. Some people definitely think so. I think it's just advice cards. But you know. That's about it. I, does light as a feather, stiff as a board, like fall under this category? I feel like it's more in the liminal space. Yeah, I think it does. I have played that without the results seen in the craft. <laughs> I want to know everybody's stories about dabbling in the occult, like kitty occult. Yes, yes. Tell us if you played. So when we played with the Ouija board, it definitely gave results. I did not trust my friends enough to believe they weren't pushing the planchette. So... You know, I don't know. I don't know if there was a spirit in my friend, my best friend Mandy's house growing up. Probably not. <laughs> but I would love to hear if anybody had any, you know, real scary moments with any of these things. Definitely. Hit us up on the socials and let us know. Yeah. And now it is time for new nightmares, a roundup of trailers new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, news, and all of that. What do you have for us first? We are going to start with The Curse of Wolf Mountain, which will be coming to digital platforms on May 9th. So that's pretty soon. Uh, this trailer uh, doesn't, uh, it, to me, did not look good. But it does have Tobin Bell and Danny Trejo, which can bandage a lot of sins. So... <laughs> It might actually be good. You know, it sort of sets up and has you thinking maybe it's going to be a werewolf thing, but then there's sort of a guy in a weird, creepy night suit, maybe like, like night, like with a K. Um, so in the film, a man starts to have vivid dreams about his parents' death and decides to return to the remote mountain spot where they were killed with his brother and his brother's family. That's it. As far as synopsis, the poster is scary the the guy the the scary guy on the poster is like a crossbow and a weird burlap mask and like predator hair made of straw it's it's you know it's a scary image i don't know what's going on in this movie it's very creepy evidently um i think we talked about the the movie hunt club on a previous episode we talked about the trailer from that Mm -hmm. um the one with mina suvari and catcher van dean i guess it is from the uh, same writer and uh, uh, David Lipper, um, which I'm just like, man, he's got a he's got a genre. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very specific. <laughs> it's, it's so funny reading the the little quote from the president of Uncorked, and it's just like, well, a very different movie. I was like, I, I, is it? <laughs> is it though? Seems similar. <laughs> to be fair, I've seen neither of these films. I cannot yes. comment on their actual content, but. Um, yep only seen the trailers and as we were just discussing before we got on you never know how they're going to cut a trailer based on how they want you to think about the movie very much so 
uh, speaking of uh, trailers for movies we have actually seen, um, uh, The Wrath of Becky um, has its red band trailer out uh, ahead of its release in theaters on May 26th. I'm very excited. This is actually coming to theaters. I don't know if it's a, like a wide release or a limited release or a, I don't think it's like a Fandango thing. But oh, anyhow, uh, Jonathan mm -hmm. uh, Millot and Carrie Mernian's, uh it is the, the the sequel from Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote to the um, 2020 Becky. Um, two years after she escaped a violent attack on her family, Becky attempts to rebuild her life in the care of an older woman, a kindred spirit named Elena. But when a group known as the Noblemen break into their home, attack them, and take her beloved dog, Diego, Becky must return to her old ways to protect herself and her loved ones. Um, we've both seen this. Mm -hmm. We've both enjoyed it very much. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's It is both similar to and different from the origin from becky i think oh yeah and it has you know sean william scott in a role that is very unusual for him yeah that was fun and uh, i think the trailer does a really good job of selling the movie while also not uh over selling it or mm -hmm. tipping its hand too much and showing you all the good bits yeah yeah it does save some things it's really a bummer when the trailer shows you everything and this one doesn't so yay yeah it's uh, yeah get on it put it on your calendar you want to see this all right next up we have a trailer for it lives inside the release information just says fall of 2023 which is strange to me because both times that i saw evil dead in the theater i saw this trailer which led me to believe it was an any minute now kind of situation but i didn't pay attention at the time um but i guess not <laughs> i don't it's hard to say so this this film is about Sam, who is desperate to fit in at school, rejecting her Indian culture and her family to be like everyone else. When a mythological demon spirit latches onto her former best friend, she must come to terms with her heritage in order to defeat it. It looks really scary, and I am excited about it. Oh, God. Yeah, this, like, as it goes along, it gets, the trailer gets more and more just like, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, it's it's rare anymore that I see a trailer and at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I want to see that now, 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 now. And, yeah. Uh, one of them. Yeah. And then we get to have this vague fall of 2023. Oh, OK. Well, yeah, right. I'm wondering if they're trying to get it. Like, I know it's it's played, I think, a few festivals. Um, I mean, obviously, like it, <laughs> it won, won uh, the Midnighter Award at uh, Sundance, I believe. Um but yeah, I'm I'm very curious as to when this is going to come out because I keep I've heard about it and people seem very hyped on it. Mm -hmm. It looks good. Uh what also looks good is we got the trailer for True Detective Night Country. Um, again, another thing that we don't have <laughs> an actual release date for. It's just later this year, but it is for the um, fourth installment of the True Detective s series featuring the one and only jody foster um and it's like the writer director and showrunner of this is isa lopez of tigers i'm so Nevada. excited about that i had totally forgotten about this uh like i i remember it was very excited when she announced that she had gotten this gig and oh like she is the perfect person to do a series like this also love the fact that it is set in Ennis, Alaska, right after uh, like night falls for months. Yeah. Um, oh, it looks like, I mean, I think everybody has their opinions on various seasons of True Detective. Admittedly, I've only watched the first one. 
Uh, I think I, I watched like half of the second season and felt I think maybe then I stopped having access to it or something. But this looks great. It looks mm-hmm. like it's a mystery and it looks scary as hell. And I like the idea of everything being shot completely at night. Although I have to imagine that was not fun to film. No, that's what I was thinking too when I saw everyone in the snow and I was like, oh, I bet they wish they had signed up for a tropical movie. <laughs> I've, although the, one, of, one of the best cheap special effects you can possibly get is blood on the snow. Oh, yeah. It always looks cool and spooky and weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Next up. And another thing we don't have a release date for because it is still fundraising is Werewolf Game, which for some reason I thought, oh, two werewolf things because we did the Curse of the Wolf Mountain, mm-hmm. which isn't about werewolves. It just has wolf in the name. Anyway, this trailer looks much better. And it has Tony Todd, so, you know, obviously we're probably in. The premise is 12 strangers are kidnapped and forced to play a werewolf game to the death, a thrilling feature film based on the iconic party game. Uh, iconic party game? This is the first I've heard of it. I don't think it has anything to do with werewolves either, and it looks kind of like Saw or Hostile, kind of that sort of thing, maybe? It's hard to say. It looks interesting, though. Um Let's see where they're at on their Kickstarter. Not very far. There's 25 days left to go, and they've got just under 30,000 that they still are trying to raise. So, you know, hop on over there and shoot them some money. Try to get this thing out because it looks really interesting to me. Yeah, it's, oh, I'm, I'm excited. Like, because you see in the trailer ever so briefly, um, uh, Robert Picardo, um, um, who's one of my favorite character actors. Yeah, I have no idea what the werewolf game is and like I'm try I was trying to google it earlier and I was just like I I I've never heard of this game. It maybe it's either too old or too new. Yeah. Like, it's strange to call it iconic and neither of us have heard of it. I mean, we're older, but I feel like we're both still at least in t- we're, we're on Twitter so we have a general idea of what the kids are doing sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, not not a clue. Not yeah, a clue. No. <laughs> so, uh, here's a trailer we have a release date for. Yay! Um, uh, Sylvia Kaminer's horror movie Follow Her uh, hits a limited theatrical release with NVOD on June 2nd. Um, and it explores the dark side of internet fame. Um, the plot, Jess has finally found her hook, secretly filming cre- creepy interactions she encounters via online job listings and using the kinks of others to fuel her streaming success. For her next episode, she's been hired by Tom to write the ending of a screenplay in a remote, lavish cabin. Once there, the alluring, self-proclaimed screenwriter hands her a script in which the two of them are the main characters. The client isn't what he seems, and even though the money's great, the real payment could cost her her life. A psychosexual thriller. So speaking of the things the kids talk about on Twitter is apparently people don't want sex in their movies anymore, so they're not going to want this one. But I do. This looks good. Yeah, it looks like the really uh it it well okay it, it's got luke cook um um who i we might recognize as lucifer in chilling adventures of sabrina yeah uh, that's why i was like where's he from? i was like he's definitely satan and it just took me a minute to connect where he was satan <laughs> yeah yeah no and i like the fact like he he plays like he plays creepy but charming very well so like that's mm-hmm. a that's a selling point for me but uh, I mean, like, I think we we all kind of enjoy the possibility of uh, 
influencers getting some sort of come up yeah um i it looks i mean it looks really it has potential uh i i'm i'm curious like i mean i feel like psychosexual thrillers um either um they frequently fail by not being sleazy enough yeah that could be a problem i'm hoping this one is is does lean into the the sleaze um a good way Mm -hmm. all right here's here's some llama drama um for fans of llamageddon and there might be none i watched llamageddon it's terrible i enjoyed it um very small movie i think you can watch it on amazon for free some of the creators are working on a sequel called Alpacalypse, which has a little trailer. They're crowdfunding. But what's weird is there's drama in this. Apparently, the team that is promoting it is behaving as though it is the full team from Lamageddon, and it's not. Um, a statement issued by one of the Lamageddon co-creators to Bloody Disgusting reads, Fans and friends are reaching out regarding the Alpacalypse Indiegogo campaign and some clarity is needed. The director, Howie, chose to begin begin this sequel without informing me or the other creators and contributors. We didn't know he had started shooting until the Indiegogo went live. Yada, yada, yada. The whole ordeal is causing confusion, disappointment, and distress for a lot of people. I have to say two things about the trailer, though. One, this looks better than Lamageddon. Two. Not a single animal in this trailer is an alpaca. <laughs> no, they're llamas. They're llamas. I mean, I'm not here to act like I'm a camelid expert, but I am <laughs> a fiber expert who goes to the local alpaca show every year. And alpacas and llamas are two different things. And llamas are terrifying, and alpacas are sweet baby angel creatures. <laughs> and, and much cuter. Yeah. And will not spit and, in your face. Yeah, um, so very unlikely to spit at you. Mostly will just run away looking adorable there is a lot of fire in this trailer i'm very i was very <laughs> impressed i was like oh that's not cg that's real <laughs> like yeah um which you know like listen like i mean we can talk practical versus digital effects till our, our we're blue in the face but i mean like that looks cool <laughs> yeah you just can't there cg fire is always cg fire real fire though dangerous always looks better it does look really i mean neat. if this comes out i'll watch it and I, the whole time I will be like, those aren't alpacas, but how can you resist that name? You can't. I get it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm very much like, I'm like, I hope that nothing goes wrong because I would like to be able to see this at some yeah. point. The acting seems worlds better than Lamageddon. Uh, yeah, it, 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 look, it looks like it's being shot at a, like a drive-in and I'm always, I, I, I do love a good drive-in massacre. So yeah, yeah. It is playing. It is. It is barking. It is the barking up the tree in which I am in. Yes. Uh, okay. So this summer, Witcher season three. It's in two parts. Um, volume one is June 29th. Volume two is July 27th. Um, I feel like doing things like this is a total cheat to get more PR. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like oh, if we release, like we can get two new cycles good for you yeah uh in the witcher season three as monarchs mages and beasts of the continent compete to capture her Geralt takes siri of sintra into hiding determined to hide his newly protected newly reunited family against those who threaten to destroy it 
Inducted with, uh, entrusted with Ciri's magical training, Yennefer leads them to the protected fortress of Aretuza, where she hopes to discover more about the girls' untapped powers. Instead, they discover they've landed in a battlefield of political corruption, dark magic, and treachery. They must fight back, put everything on the line, or risk losing each other forever. Um, I'm assuming that means something. I have never watched The Witcher. Me neither. <laughs> um, I am not huge into swords, sword and sorcery type stuff. Also, like, I get the people who have recommended this to me most vociferously are people whose opinions I'm just like, when they recommend things, I'm usually like, yeah, that's something I'm definitely not going to watch. Um, <laughs> like I, But I mean, additionally, there are people I know who I, whose opinions I trust who quite enjoy the Witcher. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, it seems people are very excited that it's coming back. So um, maybe I'll give it a chance at some point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would call myself Witcher curious, but not quite Witcher curious enough to have started it. Yeah, Looks maybe sweet, though. Maybe this summer, uh, when all of the shows I'm watching finally go into hibernation, and I, I'm just like, well, we pay for Netflix. Let's make this happen. Yeah, and then uh, we'll see whether or not it hangs out in my continue watching queue. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Speaking of things I've never watched. Black Mirror is back with season six and there's a there's a trailer for it um obviously I know the vibe of Black Mirror twisted tech in a near future humanity's greatest innovations and darkest instincts collide that sort of thing um I don't know why I haven't watched it I really have no valid reason it's on Netflix I have Netflix I just now that I'm hearing that there's six seasons I'm less likely to start it because I'm like that's daunting if there was three seasons I'm like I can manage that um what i love about black mirror is that um you can just bounce around you can just like watch episodes that seem interesting like they're not really connected like they're just oh, that's good an anthology know. series um i will say that it is maybe like and this is just a personal statement but i feel it's the least bingeable series that exists because every mm -hmm. ep every episode save maybe one is so dark and bleak and ends you know it, it's very twilight zone where it ends on like a down note for the most part but i mean like they end on some real downers um and trying to watch more than like two episodes in a row um it'll ruin your day yeah yeah i get that but they're all so good it looks good this i mean the cast seems unbeatable with names like aaron paul salma hayek rory Culkin, big names the trailer looks great. The images look great. Maybe I'll just jump in at season six. Just go for it. Backtrack if I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I very, very um, like what was um, there's a quote from uh, the showrunner, uh, which is, oh, yeah. Alongside some of the more familiar Black Mirror tropes, we've also got a few new elements, including some I've previously sworn blind in the show would never do to stretch the parameters of what a black mirror episode even is oh which i okay. like um the crazy swings and more variety um so cool i'm i'm very excited mm -hmm. uh legendary entertainment uh got the movie rights to grady hendrix's most recent book how to sell a haunted house um that is the studio behind dune um and it is uh attached to be directed by james ashcroft who did uh coming home in the dark um 
and Hendrix is going to adapt the the novel um himself uh for a script um he has written scripts for several of our several movies we enjoy so um i didn't also very talented and charming individual i do not doubt he is a delight i mean i haven't met him but every you know i've seen virtual speaking engagements and listened to his podcast and get his newsletter yes what a delightful guy i'm very curious um why they chose this director have you seen coming home in the dark no i haven't it is unrelentingly brutal and i'm just i have not read how to sell a haunted house yet but i have read grady's other novels and i'm guessing it is not unrelentingly brutal but is in fact quite charming and funny in overall a good time it's maybe the most brutal book he's written okay Okay. it's it it like just gradually like it starts out like you think it's going to be a Grady Hendrix, you know, like a quote unquote Grady Hendrix book. And then by the end of it, it's just like, like I was doing some, uh, it's, I'm really, really excited to see how they turn this into a movie. Um, yeah. um, and I, I mean, mean, I'm excited for it and I'm excited to see what else James Ashcroft has. Cause I liked coming home in the dark, but I mean, it's one of those that you're just like, Oh God, this is just fucking dark from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one will start out fun and then get real creepy. Uh, cool. Very excited. Very excited for it and Grady himself. All right. Speaking of things that are often fucking brutal, Rob Zombie is working with Waxwork Records to release a curated line of classic horror movie soundtracks. It's going to be called Rob Zombie Presents and will feature several never-before-released film soundtracks that were personally selected by the singer, songwriter, and filmmaker. They're going to start with Rob, sorry, White Zombie from 1932. <laughs> and uh, this seems like a cool idea. This seems like what Rob Zombie should be doing with his time. I'm so excited. Like the, the titles that they've teased are all like movies I love. And uh, notably uh, with a local connection, um, the, the score for Carnival of Souls yeah. is like top tier i'm just like i can't believe they're making this happen um oh and a bunch of hammer movies possibly that have not been named yeah oh it's gonna cost me so much money (laughs) um and this first this first uh one the cover (laughs) looks great and the the album itself is like a moss green black swirl that looks really cool if you're into that kind of vinyl i know some people think that the colored vinyl doesn't sound as good but it sure looks neat I will say that like my one issue when waxwork puts out stuff like this, you're never quite sure where like there there's nothing in any of this that says like where the music is from, like how they got it, like anything like that. So I'm, I'm curious, like, did they find reels? Did they get somebody to re-record it? Like, is it, 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 I I would like to know more before I I drop $32 on a record. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. There's, no notes despite me like very very much <laughs> looking at a lot of imagery very yeah oh uh, and finally um uh there is uh earlier this a week ago today as we record um synapse films announced that they're collaborating with red shirt pictures to put out a uh, trick-or-treat the 1986 heavy metal horror film on uh uhd and blu-ray um, they're hoping to have it out um, this year. I'm assuming they probably want to get that sucker out by Halloween. 
but oh, I'm so excited. Like the only way you can even get it like in the US is like a real kind of iffy basic DVD. Um, I love that movie, unironically. Um, I have I not have... seen this one, I don't think, um, has... which is probably because it's hard to find. Yeah, it's got um, it's got Gene Simmons. It's got nice. uh, um, Ozzy Osbourne. It has the dude who played Skippy on Family Ties as the main character. Skippy. Um, fun. The the funny thing is, is I think part of what has held it up for so long is the soundtrack is all music by the group Fastway, um, which features um, Fast Eddie Clark of Motorhead, but their vocalist um, now has another gig, um, and that is uh, fronting the popular Celtic punk band Flocking Molly. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dave from Flogging Molly used to uh, sing in a hair metal band. Um, nice. And does not like to talk about it. Um, and evidently getting the rights to the music has held up most of the releases. But um, Real Gone Records reissued it for the first time ever last year. And I think that may have, I, I think the money involved is probably too hard to pass up. We need to live in a post-embarrassment world. You know, like, why be embarrassed of that? Hair metal's fun. Come on. Like the title track, great. Like all time perfect, like heavy metal horror tracks. It's right up there with like I'm back from Rocktober Blood. Nice. And that's that's it. That's our news. That's a that was that was a good run. What's up, sis? I had the most beautiful dream. It was the perfect day. And all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies. <laughs> so that we could stay one happy family. <laughs> Just a little girl. I asked my mother. What is this, Danny? I found it. What will I be? She said to me, Open up now. You don't look so good, Mom. Nothing a big old kiss from you won't fix. He'd be a good mom someday, honey bath. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know how to lie to kids. <laughs> mom? Mommy's with the maggots now. What 
And now it's time for our feature presentation. This episode, we're talking about Evil Dead Rise, directed by Lee Cronin. Nick, what's it about? A woman finds herself in a fight for her life when an ancient book gives birth to bloodthirsty demons that run amok in a Los Angeles apartment building. Demons running amok. It's a great genre. Can you believe that we have... This is the fifth Evil Dead movie. That's wild. They've been making these movies since 1981. I'm so happy about it. Yeah. I will say, while I have seen all of the Evil Dead movies, I haven't seen the series. I'm not precious about the franchise, so that might, as we get into talking about it, make a difference in people valuing my opinion. <laughs> you know, if you if this is your franchise, you might feel differently, but it's a franchise I enjoy, but not like my special my special franchise. I will get on board. There have been a couple of people who have doing, been doing like hot takes regarding this film uh, and <laughs> arguing that the Evil Dead franchise is like the most consistent um, in terms of quality. And um, I'll go with that. I'll sure. go with quality terms. Now, you know, your mileage may vary like in terms of tonality. Um, it does bounce around a bit. Yeah. Uh, um, this is presented if i am not mistaken as being a sequel to both the original and the fede alvarez okay that makes sense yeah um while not necessarily um looking at evil dead 2 or army of darkness and completely works as a standalone if if you haven't seen any evil dead movies i don't think you need to other than a general knowledge of what's kind of going on they don't like super explain the book you kind of have to know mm-hmm. what's about to happen you know but i think you can jump in there and figure it out pretty quick yeah i mean like i i feel like uh, finding a book that has teeth and is bound in human flesh like hiding in a um abandoned bank vault like in a vault in a crypt surrounded by crosses and other binding trinkets but, you know, whatever, let's take it upstairs and play with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's take these records upstairs from 1923. Yeah. Listen, I have, I enjoyed Evil Dead Rise. I do have some issues with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple. <laughs> uh, my, my, mo- this is, this will be me, my most pedantic vinyl nerdery shit. Um, those are <laughs> LPs. LPs were not uh, put out until 1949 um, and not actually commercially released until 1951. Um, it would have been, like 78s um also the way they play it backwards is not how backward masking recordings work um (laughs) oh see i thought that they because they do use their fingers to play the records but to me it looked like they were trying to play it faster than the turntable would so i assumed it was a 78 and the turntable didn't have that capacity that's what i thought was happening yeah, and the, but they are playing it backwards. And what's so funny is like they're playing it like on a DJ turntable, and like a DJ turntable has a button you can hit, and it just plays it backwards. <laughs> like, okay, but it's also was filmed in New Zealand. Is it like the toilets flush the other way? Maybe the records. Maybe the- <laughs> uh, uh, I, I suppose that we should probably go back to the beginning <laughs> and talk about the plot of this before we get too deeply into the weeds. Um, uh, we we have a we have a, a wonderful uh cult cold open at a at a mm-hmm. cabin in the woods um with that awesome you know like what would you call like that sam raimi type 
thing where the camera just like flies through the trees. I, and not being a person who knows technical terms, I don't know, but I like it where you're like, well, what's happening? Like, like you're suddenly attached to the camera or the, the evil entity is dragging you through the woods. And that, there's that very specific like sound that it makes as it goes through that you just like if you've seen any of the evil dead films you're just like immediately like oh yeah we're in a we're in it yeah yeah and then the moment where the the title of the move of the film hits and you have your first like deadite i guess mm-hmm. it's so good you're just like what are we about to watch and then it goes somewhere completely different yeah then you're in the city then you're in the city of- a city that is doesn't look or feel at all like la but is apparently la yeah like uh with with people who are definitely americans and not not at all fighting against their accents especially the little kid the yeah the like as you go up in age but like there is some definite uh accent creep uh in this film um it never rises to the level of being completely distracting, but it is definitely there are occasionally points where it, it'll it'll you'll be like, mm, mm. in which case I'm always like, why not just set it in New Zealand then? Just like let <laughs> yeah. them be who they are. There's no reason like, can I name you a large city in New Zealand? I guess probably not, but you can tell me which one is large and I'll believe you. And yep. just go from there. There's nothing about this film that is L.A. other than maybe, I guess, that the kid aspires so hard to be a DJ. Other than that, I don't I, think I don't know anything that would meet the earthquake, I guess, because it starts with an earthquake. But you could tell me that New Zealand has earthquakes and I would be like, OK, probably. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Not as famously, but like we live in Kansas and we now have earthquakes, not to the level of Los Angeles, but we have them now. I've felt them. I've yeah. yeah like you, you know that they're going on. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. And you know, uh, they they the earthquake happens. They find the book. They find the three volume, uh, LP set. Um. I love the fact that this is not the same necronomicon that we are used to um but they have mentioned in other films that there are there are three copies of the book um and it's nice to get to see a different one than um what we're used to um yeah that also is terrifying in its own particular way like you put teeth on a book and it's just like (laughs) god damn it yeah and you know the minute you poke yourself on a book's teeth and bleed and the book absorbs it that's when you're like, okay, we should shut this and put it back where we found it, probably. Yeah. yeah. I feel um, like these children haven't watched enough horror movies. Yeah, I mean, like, hidden vaults are, like, so great. And it it's it's so cool that they, like, managed to, like, kind of update an old trope by making it, like, in, like, a 20s bank vault as opposed to, you know, like, a castle crypt or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. in, in a decaying, soon-to-be-condemned uh, apartment building that used to be a bank. Um, uh like this movie it starts off i'm gonna say like after the cold open it it get, it's a little herky jerky until things really get rolling yeah yeah and it i mean and like like you said i also really enjoyed evil dead rise i do have these really kind of nitpicky piddly problems with it like the fact okay so one sister the sister who 
is the mother who lives in this apartment, is a tattoo artist. She barely has any tattoos. Okay, whatever. That's fine. (laughs) The other sister is a guitar tech, and her sister continually calls her a groupie, which, as a woman in the music industry, is the single most dismissive and cruel thing that you can do. And And we're supposed to believe that they enjoy each other? And she's a woman in the tattoo industry. Like, if any, like, another, like, male-dominant, like, weird art dude thing where guys get to, you know, be assholes to, like, any woman who dares to be part of it. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that part, I was like, this is not the dynamic I think these sisters would have. Now, when the old gun-toting neighbor is like, oh, the groupie? You could have left it in for that part, but I just think there are other ways to, you know, show us that their relationship has struggles than to have her basically suggesting that her sister just goes out with bands to sleep with them rather than to do a highly technical and skilled job. Yes. Uh, The... The kids, though, I like. I actually am. I love the. I love their dynamic. Like they seem yeah. like actual siblings. Like they're they're close, but they're bickery and mm-hmm. it's very um like their their dynamic like makes you. It feels more like a family than the sisters does. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But once the the they get some blood on the book and they start playing one of the records. And stuff gets fun. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. Um, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen a lot of what happened. You know, you you get the vibe for how bloody this gets. I would be curious. Sorry, I would be curious because I know the 2013 remake had like a, set a record of how much blood was used in a movie. I wonder where this one ranks on that scale. Uh they say that they used 1717 gallons of fake blood. Dang. I don't know where that ranks, but um it's it's this movie is bloody. This movie is really violent. Um this is maybe the nastiest Evil Dead movie since the original. Mm-hmm. Like where like the violence is with the exception of like maybe one bit is not played for like laughs like this is not splat stick this is oh people like do really really awful horrible things yeah (laughs) including like one of the like i've got to kill the creepy crawlies in my tummy oh man yeah (laughs) that one got me that one got me um, I saw this twice in the theater, and only on the second time could I open my eyes for the cheese grater scene, which, given how much it was played up, I expected a little more cheese grater, but mm. the amount we got was plenty. Plenty of cheese grater. <laughs> I, I will say, speaking of trailer, all of the movie's best lines that are not callbacks to other films in the franchise are in the trailer. Which really kind of diluted some of their impact because you just yeah. like, would see it and you're like, oh, that's what it was. Like you're just seeing it in context as opposed yeah. to like, like Mommy's with the Maggots now would have hit a lot harder if it hadn't been part of the marketing campaign. Yeah, especially given that if you are a horror fan, you have you couldn't avoid the trailer 
it's not like one you could we could watch once for the podcast and I didn't see it again and it was fine. I was like, it was everywhere. It was I before thought, every movie I've seen in the theaters since it came out. Yeah. I thought even non-horror fans, because what didn't it show like I'm gonna say during the Super Bowl and that might be wrong, but didn't it show during some major event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a TV trailer, I think, during the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I mentioned this week to some non-horror fans that I saw it. And when I said the title, they looked at me like I had said Alpacalypse. They had no idea. I was like, it's Evil Dead. It's a big deal. And anyway, it's not for you. I saw it twice. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. A um, lot of really, I would say that of any movie that makes, you know, callbacks to prior installments, it really does a fantastic job of using bits that it, if, like going back to what you said at the beginning, like this is a movie you can watch without having seen any of the Evil Dead films prior to this and still have a great time. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, they they work in some some gear, they work in some lines, um, they work in some imagery that are all like nods to prior things. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not going to spoil any of them for you because... No, I want to so bad, but no, yeah. we're not going to. Because there's it's... one large item that i believe was not in the trailer and the minute you see it early in the film and you're like they're going to use that later and they do (laughs) um also uh there is uh my uh, my favorite thing that i found out was a cameo after the fact is that um when you're they're playing the the records which are like recordings of like arguments amongst priests about what to do about this book they've found um is that you hear someone in the background yelling, it's called the Book of the Dead for the for a reason. <laughs> that is voiced by Bruce Campbell and Lee Cronin has um, nice. officially stated that that is a time-displaced Ash Williams. Nice. Which I love. Yeah, that's great. Like, he didn't have to say he could have left it out there, but it's, it is really, it's it's a nice touch because you hear the voice and you know it. Yeah, I know that. Is that no? I think he said he wasn't going to be in this at all. It's a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. Um. As the movie goes along, it just man, like it gets, it gets it, you. Every scene goes bigger and harder than the one which came before it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's one of those movies where the stakes are high because there's children, and it goes hard on everyone you know the women and children are not spared it, and that's it goes thing. hard all of the characters are women and ch- women or children so yeah. like it's like oh, oh, who's gonna get it um mm-hmm. oh the character design like the special effects like it like it is my my one complaint was like when i came out of it was that like for the f- like tell it really gets going like it and even once it does it kind of swings back and forth like the tonal shifts from like family drama to like there are deadites don't quite work like it feels very herky jerky mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. like um the way i've described it to people is that like my opinion through that movie where there were scenes where i'm like meh and then other scenes where i'm like this is the best thing i've seen in years like yeah it, yeah it's one or the other and it's not like it's it's really it's it's a hard thing to like tell people it's like well did you like it i was like yes but yes but it's not perfect and if you need your movie to be perfect 
you're you're gonna be bummed out if you need your movie to not have somebody somehow being able to solder while the electricity is out (laughs) you're gonna have an issue but if you can just overlook that then it's a lot of fun um it is it is it is a movie that i definitely came out of just like very glad that like this is a movie much like last episode's renfield it benefits from seeing it with a crowd for sure um, I saw it with two very different crowds. I They showed it at Panic Fest and I didn't go to that screening, which I regret because I think that was the best crowd you could possibly see it with. Mm-hmm. But I did see it at Screenland twice, our independent theater. And the first time there were some people sitting behind us who were very big Evil Dead fans and wanted everyone in the theater to know it. And so every time something cool happened, they waited till the the audience reaction was over and then put their reaction into the world so that was super annoying and i hated it and then the second time i saw it in the smaller theater there and it was mostly dead silent the entire time which was weird because there are laughs there are screams there are jumps that the audience and it and they just didn't really react at all and then like you know normally when you see a movie these days for the first time, when the credits come up, you hang out a bit just to make sure maybe there's a stinger. You don't know. No, the the first showing a bunch of us hung out and that was, you know, but the second showing lights up, everybody gone. The three of us that were there together were like, oh, we were going to sit here for a minute, even though we know we don't need to, but okay. Uh, I have like, this is like, if you have an independent theater, like the screenland where you can go see a movie like this, by all means do. But I am slowly but surely becoming convinced that going to see movies at a Regal Cinema on Tuesday might be the most egalitarian crowd (laughs) you could possibly get because tickets there, like, and this is not paid promotion, this is just a statement of facts. You have a Regal uh, Crown Club membership. Tickets are five bucks. Um, Greenland does that on Tuesdays as well, so that's how I saw it the second time. And I feel that, like, like, the last couple of times I've gone, like the the parking lot has been packed, um, like the the screenings are very big. But you get people who are like, I think, taking risks on movies because it's like, yeah, I don't want to go see it on, you know, like Friday and spend like $13 and have to deal with, you know, like high school kids <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, I'll go see it on a Tuesday at seven o'clock, pay five bucks. And like, if it's bad, I still like popcorn was half price. Screw it. Like, you know, like it's mm-hmm. a cheap date night um a lot of couples a lot of like people that uh, normies yeah. like that you wouldn't expect but it does it does really i think make for a much more interesting experience yeah for sure with 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 the the, the horror um cognizanti um yeah it's also i think fun to note that there are like three big horror movies in the theater right now so in a theater like screenland that only has four theaters you have three of them showing Evil Dead Rise, Renfield, and now Sisu, and that's really cool. And I feel like these are definitely, like, it is a movie that if you like Evil Dead, you're going, you, I, I can't see you not liking it. Yeah, I would say that, but when I was looking, I don't know what I was looking for before we started recording, but I came across a review of someone who loves Evil Dead and hated this one and the 2013 one. So I think that's probably someone who just wants to hate the new things because, you know, I know some people didn't like the 2013 one, but it was fun in its own right. It was its own thing, and it, I thought it was cool, but, you know. 
like yeah. I said, I'm not precious about the franchise. <laughs> Nor I. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's fun. I think you should see it in the theater if you can. Yes. So uh, it is in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. You should totally go see it. Yes. Uh, so we've got recommendations for you. We do. My first one is Studio 666 from last year, the Foo Fighters movie. It didn't get a lot of attention. I mean, I felt like people were excited and then they weren't. But I thought it was so much fun. Another, you know, demon possession thing. Um, bloody and a good time. And then also my other recommendation, I think I've recommended before, but I'm going to tell you again to watch Night of the Demons. It's from the 80s. It's teens partying and ending up possessed. And, you know, if you're just looking for a fun time with possessions, these two movies are it. Um, I will recommend uh, The Devil's Candy from a few years ago. It is a a, a possession sort of movie that is uh, also like unrelentingly dark, though it does have like some really great uh scenes of um levity um yeah. and also the uh spanish movie wreck aka recording aka like it's been remade uh, uh american wise um blah, god what was it called um <laughs> i can't remember the name of the the adaptation i feel I like a total e- idiot uh it's it is a Spanish uh, zombie movie that is set in an apartment complex that I highly recommend seeing uh, as opposed to the remake that I can't even remember the name of. So um, it <laughs> clearly didn't make an impact. The Devil's Candy make... also has that um, family element mm-hmm. that is similar. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a, a lot of fun. Um, both of both of them. Oh, quarantine like that. Those are the remakes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I recommend uh, see, see the original in Spanish. Like, don't be afraid of um uh, subtitles yeah agreed time for i'll be right back nick what do you have coming up i still have a couple films left in my bollywood horror box set that i need to work my way through um i'm reading i am in the middle of reading a true crime book that is more different than anything i think i've ever read uh it's called all that remains i've heard good things about it over the years um and it's weird it kind of talks about death in a different way uh, and it's it's heartwarming, but also kind of bleak. Um, and that's kind of all I really have going on. I have a bunch of deadlines, and so I'm trying desperately not to get sucked into like any new books or series right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I have the hiccups. Um, what do you have going on? I don't have a lot. I think we're entering into a bit of a horror drought for maybe the next... Like, the first part of May seems to be real dry of new horror. Um, I do hope to watch this the... A movie that just came out on Shutter from Black looks mm. really good with Anna Camp. Um, also, I just finished the first season finally of Yellow Jackets, <laughs> and through a weird glitch, so I have I don't have cable, I have Sling, um, and we had a Showtime free weekend, so I was like, oh, record all episodes on Yellow Jackets, I'll get caught up, and then you know maybe the next one I can watch season two. Well, the free weekend is over, 
but it's still recording new episodes of Yellow Jackets. So <laughs> I am getting free access to season two as well. And I've been enjoying that. So I intend to keep up with that. That's about it, I think, as far as horror stuff until more stuff starts coming out in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it it is it is the the doldrums uh, where people don't put anything out because it's you know end of the school year and everybody's super busy. Yeah, we've got graduations, proms, yada yada yada. Hmm. Uh, we've got stickers. Um, email us at carnagereportpod at gmail if you'd like one. Um, we actually have two different kinds of stickers. So, uh, you, uh email us, uh, and we'll send you an address to send a self-addressed stamped envelope, and we get it. You get two stickers. You get like kind of square one, and you get a round one. Um, both different designs. Um, we get some pretty sick deals from Sticker Mule, and just like we'll uh <laughs> occasionally just be like, oh, all those stickers for like twenty bucks. Cool, new stickers. Sign us up. We also now have buttons, and we both have buttons in our possession. So if you see us in person, hopefully we'll have some on us we could give you if you ask. Many of you hopefully got them in person at Panic Fest for me if you're local. If you're not local, well, we don't really have a plan for that yet, but maybe. Yep. Uh, I need to reload my bag with stickers and buttons, and I need to send you stickers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Merch, 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 merch. All right. Thanks for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. As stated before, you can reach us via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts, tell us how you've accidentally summoned the demons. We would love to hear about it. We would also like to hear uh, how you got rid of them. I feel like that is equally important. Yes, that is key. <laughs> All music featured in this episode is by my brother, Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am Dark Humor Girl, wherever you're looking, Twitter and Instagram. A few of you have been finding me on Letterboxd, which I think is really fun. It's like the uh, least interaction social media with the most return, despite the lack of interaction. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, where are you online? Uh, I am on Instagram at Nicklaus Mouse. I'm on Twitter at Nuthouse Punks, and you can find me on Letterboxd at From and Inspired. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. We'll be... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode's weird because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, because of this horror drought, we're just not totally sure what we're gonna do next. Um, if you have suggestions, please reach out. You know, maybe there's something newer that we missed covering that you wished we would have talked about we'd love to hear that if it comes in time maybe we will talk about the Linnea Quigley workout video that we both ordered yeah we're really fingers crossed uh if anybody knows how to talk to Ryan Graveface and suggest that like maybe you move our stuff up to the top of the queue so we can talk about it on the next episode that'd be awesome um because yes. those are supposed to start shipping I think tomorrow so like fingers yeah. that gives us two weeks fingers um, major cross it's yeah, funny we have um, plans we have plans for that episode yes we do someone actually brought up Linnea Quigley on a work call where I we have a work call where we share good things that have happened and I shared that I got to meet Barbara Crampton yada 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 and someone brought up Linnea Quigley and I said oh I ordered her workout tape and then someone who is not a horror person was like oh maybe you can like host it and run us all through it and I was like I better preview it first because I am just guessing that is not workplace appropriate on a lot of levels, but I'll get back to you on that. 
Oh boy. Oh <laughs> excited oh. to find out how not work appropriate it is or isn't. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very we obviously we talked about it last episode. We're very much hoping that will be the next one. If not, who knows? Maybe we'll find something. Uh we've got two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we got time. We got time. But if if you want to make sure you have watched whatever we're watching, if needed, follow us on our socials and we will update you as soon as we know what we're doing. Exactly. Or if suggest something. Yes, that would please. Be even better. Like Yeah, maybe we can get a whole roundup of suggestions and we can kind of do like a pile of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks for listening everybody. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.